Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Hey Taylor Swift, come here and be my girlfriend and help us get 100 million downloaders. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you from the recording studio built here at my house just outside of Orlando, Florida. Yep, the first full episode done in Orlando. All right. Uh, on this week's show in Pipe Parts, uh, pipe, pipe 101 again, and we're talking about uh, long pipes. And then my guest is uh, Tyler Edwards of Lavoie's Leather. And uh, music, mailbag, and rant. All that on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And remember, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to listen to this fine show. So if you're not, go ahead and click and turn it off. Uh, And uh, also remember, new episodes of the Pipes Magazine radio show post every uh, every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Oh, boy, if we did them every day, I'd be tired. Um, every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, available everywhere. Podcasts are available for free. Or you can listen to them directly off of PipesMagazine.com. And the rest of them, they just stay up there. They stay up there. You can go all the way back to number one if you want to torture yourself. Uh, if you are new to the show, please keep current with the uh, with the new episodes as you get caught up on the back episodes. And while you're doing that, Apple Podcast ratings and reviews are much, much, much appreciated. If you get a chance, go over there and do that, please, if you haven't had a chance to do that already. Those are much appreciated, uh, including the last one that we got. It's from At Noah's House. Uh, and he says, so interesting, five stars. And this is going back to when we did the little uh, Food for Thought episodes back in uh, 2000. Uh, He said, this was a great episode. I've done DNA testing because of many questions I have and no answers in sight. Found out we're not from where I was told and also found a half-brother. Great interview, Noah. Noah, glad you enjoyed it. Uh, Yeah, lots of that stuff popping up on on there. So, yeah, go over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review. Much appreciated. Uh, Remember, if you listen on Spotify and they've uh, skipped an episode, well, that's because they don't like some of the music, so they take the whole episode out. So just, uh, you know, find it on Pipes Magazine. All right? There you go. Uh, And also, you can hear, uh, yeah, since moving, I've gotten a little uh, little scratch in my throat. Uh, I can't can't tell what it is. It's probably, probably, my guess is... uh, allergies because no fever no nothing else just the scratch in my throat so there you go all right let's get the show rolling everybody sit back relax fire up a bowl thank you all for tuning in and here we go houston we have a problem we copy state the nature of your emergency please houston we're out of pipe tobacco up here we copy stand by the flight director recommends visiting tinbids.com, the pipe collector's auction site. You copy? Roger, Houston. Stand by. We're looking into it. Okay, we're on Tin Bids now. They have vintage and hard-to-find tobaccos, pipes, and accessories. Is that correct? That's affirmative. That's tinbids.com. 
Okay, Houston, we've secured our tobacco. Now, how do we get it up here? Um, stand by. We're working on a solution. Visit TinBids.com, the pipe collector's auction site, and sign up for free today. We have liftoff. We have arrived at 155. Missouri Meerschaum Company has been authentically crafting corn cob pipes continually for 155 years. To celebrate, we're hosting a 155th anniversary celebration on Saturday, September 28, 2024. There will be ticketed working plant tours, an exhibit on the corn cob pipe industry by Skillet Fork Pipe Museum, a live podcast of the Gray Woody Show, a smoking tent for your enjoyment, and so much more. The 155th anniversary celebration will be held in conjunction with downtown Washington's Fall Festival of the Arts and Crafts with food, beverages, live music, and over a hundred vendors. Visit our Facebook page at Cool Smoking Pipes for fun event updates and more information. Missouri Meerschaum Company, since 1869. are back on the pipes magazine radio show and all right for pipe uh, for pipes 101 we're going back to shapes again and this time we're talking about uh kind of my my main genre all right the main the main genre of uh canadian lumberman and lavat now to the best of my recollection and that's not too great anymore but uh the canadian lumberman lavat is the only one that can't have a bent variation of it all right you can have a bent billiard you can have a bent bulldog you can have a bent apple bent prince shape bent yeah you can have all these different bent versions or straight versions but when you get into the canadian lumberman and lavat the only way you can do it is as a straight pipe now the canadian is the most specific and some people will say it starts out at six inches or six and a half inches. It has to be a total length of six and a half or six inches or more. The stem, and I've heard numbers as low as one inch, where the stem can only be as long as one inch. So you got a long piece of wood shank. And then at the end of the bowl, you're pretty much going to have a billiard. And this is where it's going to, you know, where it's going to change. But the shank has to be oval for a Canadian. A Canadian is a just for round numbers, six and a half inches long with a one inch tapered stem and a billiard style bowl. Now you can get all kinds of variations of the bowl at the end. And then that changes it to a lumberman, which is basically a Canadian, but it doesn't have that billiard bowl. Doesn't have that oval shank can have a saddle bit can have a tapered bit it can have all those things and then if it's under six or six and a half inches long it becomes a lavat or if it if the uh, let's say it's six inches long but the stem is two or three inches of it well that's going to lean more towards a lavat or then you get into the variation of the long shanked billiard all right when I think of a Lovat, I think of a saddle bit, five, five and a half inches long total length. Uh, in my personal collection, which we're going through slowly, uh, especially going back to last week's 
Uh, you saw a couple of my uh, Jody Davis workhorse pipes that have Dublin bowls on them. So you can start getting bowl variations when you get into Lumbermans and Lavats. But when you're in the Canadian, no, you're pretty much stuck there. Um, you can even get a stacked billiard uh, somewhere in my collection, and I've got a uh, I've got a really tall billiard that I that I bought from uh, an Ashton that was a tall, yeah, really tall billiard, kind of shorter stem. So you get all these variations in the Lavats and Lumbermans, but the Canadian is very specific. Uh, the Canadian and the Lumberman, the longer the shank is. The harder it is for the pipe maker or the pipe factory to make one because it requires a very special piece of wood where the uh, the block has been cut or you can get a long enough shank out of it. Uh, it runs the risk of having more failure because you've got more surface area. So you run the, you know, you run the risk of having to shorten that uh, shank down and then adding length of stem and then that's how you get into these long billiard variations. Uh, just, I mean, the more block you use, the more opportunity there is for, you know, sand pits and cracks and stuff to show up in the block. So sometimes you'll see them modified down and down and down. Uh, if they get really bad, then they become, you know, you'll see people do like bamboo or other, you know, horn or other shank extensions, keep the bowl the same shape, but just cut that shank all the way down and use the bamboo. And that's a way for them to save the pipe, save the block of wood. But again, those Canadians and lumbermen's boy, the longer they get, the more expensive they get, the harder it is to find a block. Uh, when you see really long Canadians and, uh, I wish Tony Soderman was still with us because he was known as Mr. Canadian. Uh, sometimes you'll see pipes that are 12, 14 inches long and they've spliced this shank. Uh, and those are more common than when you see one that's 10, 12 inches long and it's all natural shank because, boy, that's even rarer. So the longer that shank gets, the harder it is for the pipe maker to, uh, to make one in that length. And uh, sometimes you'll see some companies will cheat and they'll try to and they'll splice it together. And it still makes a nice, long, smooth smoke, but it's not really at that point one piece of wood. Uh, I believe the longest one I saw was about 18, 19 inches long, and it was in Tony Soderman's collection. And it was a single piece of wood all the way from top to bottom, just magnificent. But so again, the Canadian has to have the oval shank, has to have the tapered stem, has to be over six, six and a half inches long, has to have the billiard bowl. The lumberman can be a variation on any of those things as long as it's that long again. And then the Lavat is the under six inch crowd. And, uh, you know, most of them that I think of are saddle bits, but you'll see tapered stems on all kinds of stuff and all different things. So, uh, I also consider them kind of to be the, uh, the ultimate smoking machine to steal from BMW, uh, because a, a Lavat lumberman Canadian, you know, six inches, seven inches, whatever the length is, it's just it's a straight pipe with a lot of wood to help with you know, the, the controversy of dissipating the heat and absorbing the moisture and all that stuff. But it just helps with the, uh, yeah, it just helps make the smoke better. Uh, I've found that and it, to me, it's more eye appealing as well. All right. Comments, questions, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, my conversation with Tyler Edwards. <laughs> 
This is Internet Radio. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new, innovative series, Savinelli produces high-quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. We're back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us, we're getting into leather. I mean, and, and not that kind of leather, so don't think that. But uh, joining us is a is a younger guy who you've heard on the show once before, but I've gotten to hang out with him at a couple of pipe shows. And uh, and, and before I start, before I introduce you, I'm just going to say you're one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, even though you're from Texas. Uh, Tyler Edwards of Lavoie's Leather, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. You know, but before the, the, the Texas part, I thought you were just looking in a mirror. Um, really? <laughs> you think I'm nice? Yeah, well, all right. Okay, well, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. All right, let's put it this way. Your your mom's a sweetheart, and uh, and and you couldn't be that evil if you came from her. It's also true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there you go. All right, let's get to know you. Where were you born? When when did you grow up? And what did you want to be when you grew up? And I know you're from Texas, so you either wanted to be a cowboy or a football player. Well, it's Texas, so I mean, I was kind of always had a little cowboy in me. But no, uh, born and raised in Amarillo, Texas, uh, up in the top part in the panhandle. Uh, tried to escape several times, kept getting sucked back in, so I decided to just stick with it. Um. <laughs> Uh, that's the that's that North Texas romance of dust and tumbleweeds and dirt and uh, nothing else, right? Oh, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and and what I wanted to be when I grew up has absolutely nothing to do with what I do now. But I, I wanted to be a, a herpetologist, which is someone who studies reptiles, and now I have absolutely nothing to do with that. <laughs> you wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You wanted to just sit there and stare at lizards and and uh, snakes and stuff. Well, and you know, handle them too. Yeah. Was that? I be- mean, if I learned some things on the way, research-wise, that'd be cool. But is that because of all the just wildlife running around North Texas? <laughs> uh, that and uh, the the old TV icon Steve Irwin was uh, a big influence on that but uh it's a what came what came first the leather working or the pipe smoking or uh or, or did you start chewing tobacco first like a good texan <laughs> uh pipe smoking definitely came first um the the first time i ever smoked a pipe was my 21st birthday uh me and some buddies went down to do a bonfire down by the river <laughs> and uh I put the extra accent on there just for you. Right. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, one of my buddies uh, brought along, he had three pipes and some extra tobacco and asked if we wanted to try it. So the first thing I ever smoked was a corncob pipe and some cherry tobacco. Mm, me too. How'd it work out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, I enjoyed the action, didn't much care for the flavor. <laughs> and uh, I enjoyed it a lot and then decided, yeah, but I don't think it's for me. So then I didn't smoke a pipe again for another two, three years after that. Uh, until I started hanging out with a man you met at the last Vegas pipe show, which is my best friend, Tyler. Because everybody and, from Texas is named Tyler. There, I got to say it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, we even named a, a town after us. You know, it's a yeah. small little place out there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> So Tyler and our friend Ricky uh, invited me to come hang out one night, and they were both smoking pipes and cigars and offered me uh, a pipe to smoke. And I said, yeah, heck yeah, I do. And then that was the, the, the final trigger. I wound up going out the next week and buying my very first pipe that I still have and uh, some tobacco I can't remember the name of. <laughs> so, I mean, this is this has been a while because you're, you're no longer just right out of high school anymore. You're, you know, you, you ain't getting any younger, son. Correct, yeah. So I, I've been smoking pipes, I, I'd say consistently for five years see there you go um what what do you think it was about the pipe that kind of made you interested did why did you think it was going to make you look smarter no i i knew there was no hope for that oh okay. um so <laughs> so i i just genuinely enjoyed the action of, of sitting there and enjoying the smoke which granted I, I did start out with aromatics and uh, i'll still smoke one occasionally but just the action of sitting there and smoking the pipe was so relaxing and so enjoyable i just i i had to get myself one were you smoking anything else before that did or did you smoke cigarettes at all or no no i'd never smoked any uh uh anything are you sure you're from I was Texas? Say tobacco related, but oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, right. no, no. I, I, I wasn't your typical run of the mill Texan. I, I didn't smoke anything else. Yeah, but you do wear a cowboy hat. I do. I do. As often as I can. Yeah. Uh, so pipe smoking took over right away, and uh, then you started on the uh, on the deep dark path of pipe collecting. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that that didn't take long at all. Um, uh, the collection very quickly grew because uh, at the time I was truck driving and had truck driver money and nothing else to spend it on being a, a single loner. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it got to a point where I wound up having to switch to just buying artisan pipes to slow myself down on buying pipes uh, <laughs> because my collection was growing faster than my collection of pipe stands. So. <laughs> So, so you got the old pipe acquisition disorder pretty bad, pretty quick. I, I did, and and then whenever I switched over to buying artisan pipes, the the tobacco acquisition uh, disorder definitely skyrocketed at that point. All right, so let, let's talk about this. How did you uh, did you start trying all kinds of tobaccos, or did you just stick on that cherry flavored aromatic for a while? I definitely uh, stuck around with aromatics for a, a good year or two and then uh, started getting into the Facebook pipe group uh, sphere uh -oh. and wound up being given a lot of a lot of great recommendations for different tobaccos to try and then slowly move towards 
uh, non-aromatic tobaccos. And uh, did, I mean, was that like a light switch that went off and said, "Wait a second, now I found myself"? Or are you, or, or are you one of those lucky people that can smoke all different kinds of tobaccos? <laughs> so, I like to say that I can smoke all different kinds of tobaccos, but I. So what wound up happening is I'm very, not very, I, I'm a little OCD. <laughs> and because I have a big collection of both pipes and tobacco, I force myself to cycle through all of them evenly. And so I started out at the beginning of my collection smoking nothing but aromatics that I had lying around. And then I spent two or three months smoking just non-aromatics. Well, then by the time I got back around to the aromatics, my cadence had completely changed, and I absolutely hated aromatics <laughs> because they were <laughs> frying my tongue. <laughs> and then you had all that aromatic tobacco sitting around doing nothing. Exactly. Exactly. So I wound up taking it to the, to the last uh, Chicago show and pawned it all off in one guy that I think bought a lot of them for like 20 bucks. He made out a score, but yeah, <laughs> I, just, I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now are you also stockpiling and aging tobaccos and doing all that stuff? Oh, definitely. Um, I've got a good little cellar going of plenty of different uh, variations of Virginias and Virginia Periques and then I, at one point, I tried my hand at blending, so I've also got some whole leaf that I'm aging just because I, I haven't gotten back around to it yet. <laughs> <laughs> aging by laziness? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have to, I mean, in North Texas, you're not in a real humid environment. It's fairly dry up there, right? Oh, yeah. No, if we hit like 10% humidity, people start crying that it's muggy outside, so... Yeah. So any concerns about your tobaccos getting dry or uh, the the opposite of me here in Florida, you know, like actually you know, drying out? Uh, definitely. I, I, I think I'm one of the, the, the uh, biggest investors that Ball Jar has at this point in time. So <laughs> definitely helping keep them in business. So, so they know, oh, Tyler from Texas is ordering again. Crank up the factory. We have we we have to keep this exact Walmart stocked with mason jars at all times. So, <laughs> well, it is Texas, so they should always have mason jars because that's fine dining ware for your uh, for your dinner table. Oh yeah, that, that sweet tea does not taste as good as it does in a mason jar. Yeah, and white lightning stays forever in one. Exactly. I, I don't know how I know that, but all right, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk about the leather stuff. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the cellar series to the small batch project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf. Each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D, 
is a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Tyler Edwards of Lavoy's Leather. It's L-E-V-O-Y apostrophe S Leathers on Instagram, TikTok, on the website and everything. Uh, Tyler, I got I got one, one Texas question before we start talking about the leather. Um, Sounds good. How tall are you? Oh, I'd say about 5'10"-ish. Yeah, well, you're not exactly tall. I mean, for Texas, you know. Right, right. Yeah. So I, I just want to prove that, you know, not everything's bigger in Texas. Well, no, see, I, I chose to grow out rather than height-wise, so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if we stretched you, you'd be Texas-sized height. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. When did when did you get into leatherworking and, and how? I mean, was there just a dead cow in the neighborhood and you went over there and tanned it? No, I wish that'd be a really fun story to tell. Yeah. Uh, no, so I, like I said, at one point I was a truck driver and was just getting so bored in my downtime, decided to pick up a hobby and it was not leatherworking. I was actually making paracord bull whips. And <laughs> um, um, hello? Okay. <laughs> so decided one day that it would be really cool if I could make like a little leather holster. For my customers uh, to have their bullwhip on their hip, you know, with this little leather. It's basically just a leather strap with snaps on it. But then I was, when I was trying to play around with that, I got to look and I had a little valet tray and like a little uh, pipe, leather pipe stand that I bought off Etsy. And I go, you know, I wonder if I could make that too. <laughs> and then that's what jumped off the, the leather working stuff. So I, I'm sorry. I I just got to go back to say that your leather work began with whips. Correct. But uh, I never made a leather bullwhip. Never. No. <laughs> well, that's okay. I guess the paracord's easier to wash and keep clean. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So so. Now you're now you're gonna. What are you gonna do? Hop, you hop on YouTube and start learning about how to do leather work. Oh, definitely. I, I'm definitely YouTube University certified. So <laughs> that's okay. I'm podcast university certified to do nothing, and <laughs> that's what I'm good at. Uh, yeah, I will. I, how do you get started? How do you get started doing leather work? Do you? You just go online and figure out, all right, what, what are the parts I need? And then I just, I don't know, drive down to the leather store? Yeah, actually, um, so there, there's a lot of great YouTube channels that kind of teach a lot of the basics and stuff like that. And then I'm very fortunate. I have both a, a craft-level leather store here in town called Tandy. And then I also have a um, leather wholesaler uh, warehouse here. So I'm very fortunate on that aspect. And do these, I mean, these guys, I'm, I'm assuming, all right, so talk to me like I'm really stupid, which I am. Um, so it won't be hard. But that's all different kinds of hides and different colors and different, is, is there different grades of, of hide and all that stuff? 
Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, there, there's uh, depending on which store you go to, there's a wide variety of uh, pre-tan stuff that's got different crazy colors and normal colors and everything else. And then uh, there's also uh, veg tan leather, which is essentially just your really traditional raw leather that's uh, tanned in uh, some sort of vegetation. Uh, tannins so uh things like uh, for example tea is actually just tannin water because you're just brewing the tannins out of the tea so essentially huh. a, a a leather making tea we'll call it <laughs> i just had a cup of tea this morning so i drank liquid leather color yeah sure yeah yeah you you, you turn your tongue into yeah there you go yeah <laughs> Is it the same thing also with the quality of the of the hide used? I mean, are there is there better? I, I guess there's going to be better cow than others. Yeah, uh, and, and you said it perfectly earlier. There, there, there's different grades of leather. Uh, so all the way down to what they call uh, economy, uh, all the way up to um, some of their uh, like with the veg tan. Uh, that's used a lot for tooling and stuff like that to make all the pretty tooled patterns and leather and those ones can get uh, pretty 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 expensive leather is not cheap <laughs> and, and then there's exotic stuff too like oh definitely yeah, yeah. I, th- thanks to uh, my buddy ed that i met through the chicago pipe show i've got a box of alligator scraps over there that i'm treating very cautiously because i, I that, that is not a cheap box of scraps <laughs> <laughs> no no and then uh and my favorite is uh well is ostrich because it's got all the little quill marks and stuff but that's only on the legs i understand yeah yeah ostrich is a beautiful leather but yeah, yeah that one's also not very cheap i guess if an ostrich was in texas they'd just call that a big chicken uh, we've actually got more of them down here than you'd think not 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 wild roaming of course but yeah we've got ostrich farms and all kinds of crazy stuff down here <laughs> So what all kind of uh, what all kind of uh, pipe related leather doodads and whatnots are you making and what do I need? So as far as what I have on the website right now, um, I've got a lot of ballet trays, and I actually have some that are left over from the Las Vegas show that I've still got discounted down to the show price. And then um, this week before the episode comes out i'm going to get a whole bunch of pipe cleaner holders made up for the website um as far as what i don't have on the website but it will be coming soon or i can do custom orders for is uh things like leather pipe rests and um also uh hanging wall uh like pipe uh pipe racks that can hold to a varying degree of however many pipes you'd like me to <laughs> to make it up for but from two to kind of the, as far as the pipe related stuff that's what i have going at the moment from two to two thousand yeah, yeah i mean if you're willing to pay me to to make a, a <laughs> hanging leather <laughs> pipe rack for two thousand pipes i'll definitely make one up for you uh, if I remember right, at the Las Vegas show, weren't you also doing some hats that you were sitting there sewing at your table because you were too lazy to do them before you got to the show? <laughs> yes. So uh, at the moment, I'm not offering those. 
because um, <laughs> they were because because they were too much the amount work. of time <laughs> the amount of time it takes me to make one of those hats versus what people are actually willing to pay for a handmade leather flat cap uh just just don't line up <laughs> so we need to educate the consumer um, correct <laughs> uh, what other leather products are you doing um, at the moment, the vast majority of stuff I have on the website is going to be wallets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got, uh, I sat down one week and just cranked down a bunch of wallets before I uh, released my website down to the world for people to see. And uh, I've also just started making um, leather coasters. And I actually just got done making a whole batch for a uh, cigar lounge here in town that just opened up. They ordered like eight or ten of them for their shop, and that was really cool to do. So I can do custom leather coasters as well. Yeah, how do you do the logos in on the on the leather stuff? Is that a laser? Yeah, yeah, I've got a laser engraver. You're not using that laser on anything inappropriately, are you? Uh not that we'll talk about on the podcast. Okay. All right. All right. Good, good, good. Uh, what's the goal with the leather business? I mean, we, uh, if I understood it right, it was part-time. Now you want to build it up to full-time and, uh, and do more and more. That's definitely the goal. Um, originally just kind of started as a hobby of something to do, uh, when I wasn't on the road, but it's it slowly kind of built up. People have really been enjoying the stuff that I put out and, uh, I kind of saw that there was a potential there, and now I'm trying to trying to run with it, see what I can make happen. <laughs> uh, any color that's off the? Uh, if somebody wanted to custom custom order stuff, I, I'm looking at the wallets online, and I see a blue one. I'm assuming color is not an issue. Uh, to an extent, you're absolutely right. Uh, Obviously, if you wanted an exact shade off the color wheel, uh, that might be a little more difficult. But, uh, yeah, if, if you go generalized colors, it, it shouldn't be too hard to, to make happen. Is the color an issue because of dealing with the hide and the and the dyes? Yeah. So, I mean, as far as the, the pre-dyed stuff, like that blue one, that one, that one I didn't dye myself. That was something that uh, the company had made up i'm kind of limited to whatever the the factories decide to put out and then if i dye it myself at that point the the only thing hindering me is just the uh dye colors available but there is a wide wide array of of colors available to me so the the vast majority of colors that people want i i can cover all day long like i said it's just whenever you get really specific like i want color number blank 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 off the color wheel that that gets a little more difficult i went I, I went down to the home depot and here's the color card that i picked out <laughs> exactly <laughs> and i'm gonna send it to you um at the pipe shows which i hope to see at some of them this year but i understand things are up in the air uh there was also some t-shirts that you guys were doing what was <laughs> was that was that your mom's business and you were kind that of is, yeah yeah yeah, she uh, her her little hobby is um, she has a, a cricket and a sublimation printer. So yeah, she she makes a lot of the stuff with vinyl on it, and then also like printed stuff. So that's definitely her 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 baby. But it's a lot of fun. A- any chance we might see some of those on the uh, Lavoy's leather websites? 
there, there is a shot of that. Um, seeing what we can uh, get worked out. Because some of them were piping tobacco related, if I remember right, and that might be fun. I'm, I'm just saying for uh, you know, just just thinking out loud here. That's fair. Good idea. There you go. Uh, how often are you smoking a pipe now? Every day, twice a day, seven times a day, once a week? Uh, not as much as I'd like to. Uh, when I was truck driving, I, I was doing four pipes a day, five to six days a week. Uh, now it's kind of more so I get to do around four pipes a week. I'll pack one up and then just kind of smoke in it when I'm driving around town, running errands and whatnot. And then when that one runs out, then I'll pack up my next truck pipe. So please tell me you got a truck with, uh, with, uh, with long horns on the hood. <laughs> no, but I, I, I would love to do that to this truck. Okay, well, at least you do have a truck. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the pickup truck, the official Texas limousine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'd do without one. Yeah. Um, future for your pipe collecting, what do you, uh, what's, what's kind of your dream pipe right now? If money were no object. Money were no object. Yeah. See, that's a tough one because at this point, I, I actually have kind of filled out all the slots of dream pipes. Um, <laughs> uh, so now, now at this point, it's just kind of if if I happen to spot one that that catches my eye and feels good in the hand and kind of seems close to what I like to smoke, I'll go for it. But at this point, most of my dream pipes, I've already. I've already crossed off my list. Wow. You're, that's um that's kind of rare. Uh and I guess yeah. with and I guess with the transition from truck driving to leather and staying at home now, you're you're gonna be able to enjoy your uh, uh enjoy your uh seller of tobaccos and your pipe rotation a lot uh, a lot more and slowing it down is good because that'll help age it and keep it longer. Exactly. And, you know, it, it gives me more time to actually sit down and, and concentrate on the pipe and really t take full advantage of it. At this point, it's not just, uh, you know, a, a means to keep keep my ADHD busy while I'm driving. <laughs> so <laughs> or stay awake. <laughs> that, that too. That too. That that worked wonders for staying awake on the road. Yeah. Tyler, we'll wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yes, I am. What is your favorite pipe? Oh, you start out with the hardest one. Every episode. Um, <laughs> if I had to narrow it, oh, dang. If I had to narrow it to one, I'd say the tab pipe that I bought from Ted Billmeyer or Billmer at the last Chicago show. It's a big like pickaxe slash elephant foot kind of pipe. And it's got this deer antler. It's a, and it's a sitter. It's a crazy big short <laughs> pipe that sits, but it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> Why big and short. That sounds like you. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite tobacco? Man, you ask really hard questions. So, 
Okay, you know what? We'll, we'll just say this. I, I'll go with um, Sutliff Kringleflick. I, I really look forward to when that one comes out every year. Do you have a favorite year of it so far? A favorite year? Yeah. Ooh, I want to say it was 21. But I've only had from 2019 till now. I don't know if there was other ones, but... I think 21 was my favorite so far. Probably the year I missed the stuff. Um, what, <laughs> what is your favorite drink? Oh, uh, anything that falls under the umbrella of whiskey. You, you mean it's not Lone Star beer? No, no. I'm, uh, believe it or not, I just don't care for beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but with whiskey, me me and whiskey are good friends. I, I've spent a lot of time with whiskey, and it's never done me wrong. Do you have a type of whiskey that you prefer, or do you or are you all around them? I, I'd say all around. Uh, Jameson was my first love, um, but since then I've branched out more into to bourbons and rye and things of that nature. I do the occasional scotch, but I'm definitely nowhere near an aficionado on the scotch area so i was gonna say up there in north texas can you get imported scotch or whiskeys oh yeah just because just because we drink a lot of beer doesn't mean we don't know good alcohol okay so <laughs> i mean it's a long summer up there <laughs> <laughs> when it's time to relax do you prefer a book a movie or music i would say music I'm definitely more of a music guy. Wait, uh, wait do you like two types, country and western? <laughs> I mean, that's definitely in the top five. Okay. All right, good. All right. And then finally, a favorite pipe smoking related memory. I, I think for me, that would be the time that I went down to um, the Perique Plantation with Mark Ryan. Uh, I spent uh, a few days down there with some of my other buddies, like Tom Kuhn and um, Alvin Miller, which you know. Yeah. And it was that whole week was my favorite because we, from the moment you woke up to the time you went to bed, you were smoking, whether you were in the house or out in the warehouse and all kinds of fun stuff. And, and you know, uh, shooting guns with a random British couple that showed up, that was fun. <laughs> here, here we are down in louisiana and this random british couple shows up so we just decide to start shooting guns okay jeez oh, uh yeah so that sounds like fun times down on the bayou <laughs> absolutely all right again the website is lavoys l-e-v-o-y-s leathers and you're on uh all the social medias and all that give them a follow yeah check them out keep an eye on the website tyler thanks for uh thanks for coming on the show and thanks for being you thanks for having me buddy it was a blast and we'll be back in just a minute for over 150 years peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers it's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. 
from sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning to managing our store to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mila Folge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And all right, uh, so check out everything Tyler's doing. He's also making uh, pipe bags. So if you're a pipe maker and you need uh, bags made for your pipes, you know, the leather ones that you give away with each purchase. Yeah, check him out. He's doing some of those special order, too. All right, for music. So I got this email from Elon, and it says, uh, by the way, in case you're looking for a great song to play on your excellent show, John Lee Hooker's Tupelo Blues is stuck in my head ever since Jeremy talked about the Tupelo Honey on the show. All the best. Um, <laughs> so, so here's how my head works. I go look for that song. And then I start listening and looking and going through some other John Lee Hooker stuff. And then I found this song that I'm going to play. So not the exact song requested, but it's called You Shook Me. And it's John Lee Hooker and B.B. King together in one song. Just like a hurricane, just like a 
I believe the best way to sum up that song is to quote uh, George Takei and say, Oh my. You've got freaking mail. Mailbag comments or questions can be emailed to me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com, or you can post it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on PipesMagazine.com, just like uh, Dino does every week, and so does Casey Ghost. But Dino said, going back to last week's show, uh, the display description and backstory of your Jody Davis pipes was was a very enjoyable segment. It was nice to catch up with John David and was, as always, fun. The conversation about dealing with newbie and codger customers at his shop was both interesting and amusing. Uh, As Good As I Once Was by Toby Keith was bittersweet. May his memory be eternal. Uh, Yes, moving sucks. That's why we've lived in the same house for 47 years. Can you imagine the crap I've collected in those years? (laughs) That's also why the only move I foresee is when I move on, hopefully up. (laughs) Thanks for another always entertaining show, Dino. Uh, Dino, you're welcome. And uh, yeah, you'll be moving up for sure. Uh, Casey Ghost says, as much as I dislike Jody Davis's music, 
I really like his pipe work. <laughs> his style is just so easy to identify. I wish I could have afforded one of his pipes, but alas, I couldn't. It is a wonderful collection of his pipes you have there. It was wonderful hearing from the Hobbit of Jackson, Mississippi. He is a joy to listen to. I thought for a second or two there he was going to tell some real dirt on a few of his customers, but he didn't. Uh, he's going to be in business a long time on account of it. Uh, good to listen to him, uh, to him, and you and talk to you. Uh, without the with the empty suit, he rarely got a chance to get a word in edgewise. <laughs> um, it is tough when someone dies at a fairly young age. Uh, the only thing wrong with Toby Keith as a performer was he just didn't have a real country voice. He could write songs, though. Moving really sucks. I mean, really sucks. I've lived in 19 different places going through 12 years of, of school and the same number of schools. Moving really sucks. Wow. Sounds like a uh, sounds like a military move. Uh, and now I just lost my page. There it is. All right. And uh, Renfield says, Brian, congrats on surviving your move. It's always an opportunity to find old things and lose new ones. Uh, your Jody Davis pipes are gorgeous. If someone still thinks that pipes get blasted because they have inferior wood, that picture would surely change their mind. Great hearing from John David again. Any plans to get JD and Bo together again on your show at some point? That would be interesting. Maybe. Uh, and then Mrs. Pickles writes, Brian, let me be the first knucklehead here to say, welcome, welcome, welcome to the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining city of Orlando. As someone who grew up in the greater Orlando area and remembers it fondly, I'm pleased to imagine you now classing up my hometown, strolling about with your Jody Davis and Sato's and uh, burning your Acadian ribbon. Yeah, they'll, they'll get some of that. Uh, speaking of which, in addition to your radio tour of your pipe collection, would you be able to do a pipe parts segment where you talk about some of the old tobacco in your cellar linen closet? I'd sure enjoy hearing about the tins you've saved over the years and the memories that get stored with them. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll put that on the list. Uh, wishing you and your family happiness in your new home. Please chow down on a public sub for me. All right. Yeah, now I'm hungry. Thanks. <laughs> um, and then uh, Ethan writes, uh, Hope Florida is treating you well. I suppose your next visit to North Carolina, you can slam on brakes and turns and generally drive like you've lost, like you're lost since you have Florida plates. <laughs> That'll be fun. Uh, listening to John David describe newbies reminded me of my experience teaching both guitar and whitewater kayaking. As he noted, it's extremely easy to unload on a newbie with one's respective wealth of knowledge. The problem is we have amassed so much information, our brains quit processing some aspects that become secondary and tertiary information. Some call this muscle memory, but the concept can be best described on a spectrum of competence. In psychology, these are known as the four quadrants of competency. From least informed to most, they are unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence, Conscious competence and unconscious competence. 
Thanks for making me have to read that three times. Uh, you can figure out what each quadrant represents, and when mentoring or teaching someone new, it's important to remember where they are and where you are. One can even revisit these stages with mindfulness and discovery. It's how we learn about what we think we already know. When teaching whitewater kayaking or swift water rescue, we challenge ourselves to limit information to the smallest package with the simplest way to actually implement that information. In short, keep it simple. JD did well to emphasize that concept, and we could take note as we communicate to others, even when it's not about pipe smoking. I really enjoyed the episode this week and appreciate the Toby Keith tribute. It's always nostalgic to hear that song. Thanks again for doing what you do, even in the midst of a major transition, Ethan. Uh, Ethan, you're welcome. And it also reminded me of, you know, when you teach a kid to ride a bike, you know, you give them the basics and then you just got to let them fall. They've just got to fall occasionally. Um, so that's about it. Yeah. Uh, final question or final comment comes in from Pastor Joda and he says, hey, Brian, well, I have to say I'm sad as a North Carolinian to have lost to Florida a pipe smoker and especially someone who has such a huge influence on the pipe community, but pray for the best with the move. I'm sure you aren't missing this frosted 21 degree morning I'm dealing with right now. No, I'm not. Uh, you talk about moving your tobacco just got me thinking. Are you all, are you at all worried that your favorite go-to will ever age to a point where it just doesn't do it for you anymore? I don't know if you would run out first, but I recall you mentioning you have quite a bit. Have a great rest of your week, Pastor Joda. Uh, well, yes, I'm worried about that. Uh, I've got, uh, just talking about the Acadian ribbon, I'm still working on some of the 2006 canning, and I am worried that that gets too mild or too smoothed out for me. Uh, and then once I run out of that, then I'll get to the 2017 canning, and I'm worried that, you know... Uh, that it may have aged too much. I'm always, you know, I'm always worried about something. Why? Because that's naturally what I do. I worry about it. Uh, even worse, I'm worried about body chemistry changing and what happens if I become really sensitive to Perique and I've got all these Perique blends sitting here and then I've got to figure out a way to trade them for Virginia's or even worse, what happens if I really start to like Latakia for some reason and then I've got to go chasing after that so yeah I'm worried uh, I've got some of the some of the really older uh, some of the older tins that I've got I'm really worried that I may have let them age too long and they just won't be that impressive um, and it'll be nice to get rid of this uh, cough thing that I've got so I can really taste tobacco again so <laughs> I'm worried about that always worried all right Comments, questions, email me, Brian, at PipesMagazine.com. Uh, Las Vegas International Pipe Show. Rooms are booking up. Tables are booking up. And remember, we have a limited amount of tables, a limited amount of rooms. Go to VegasPipeShow.com and do that as soon as you can. You can book your rooms and your tables right there. And uh, I'll be getting caught up on all the emails that I owe people, I promise. Um, also... Thank you very much to anybody that books early because that does help us offset me having to come out of pocket for the payments for the show because the hotel wants payments every you know, every quarter going up to the show. So if you book early, it's much help to us. And we've got the early booking offer for a chance to win three nights for free in the hotel. So VegasPipeShow.com. All right. 
Rant time's coming up next. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Cowboy. Cowboy. All right, I'm going to take a shot at something that's going to be a little controversial. It's going to bother some of you, and uh, it, 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 it may even upset some of you, but I hope it might also educate some of you all at the same time, and that is the word woke, W-O-K-E. It's the past tense of wake. That's the, that's the true definition of the word, but now, according to uh, Oxford, it's become, you know, woke has become, uh, is a aware of social and political issues especially racism the word is often used in a disapproving way by people who think that some other people are too easily upset about these issues or to talk too much about them in a way that does not change anything well here's what i say i being aware of issues social and political is not a bad thing it's not being aware of the world around you is not a bad thing it's not being aware of anything is not if you if you come on if you listen to this show and you hear something new and now you're aware of it, that's good, right? It may not be for you, but it's still good, right? So in my opinion, which I am the leading expert on, calling somebody woke or using woke as a derogatory term is just kind of I, I guess the best way to say it is stupid and lame. And I'm saying this while talking over a kid rock song. Um but I want to be aware of social and political issues. I don't want to be ignorant because the opposite of woke would be ignorant, right? Not aware, unaware, or the opposite of woke would be sleeping and ignoring. So I want to be aware of the issues. I want to be able to openly discuss them with people. So if you call me woke, fine. But yeah, woke as a, as a derogatory term is just kind of stupid to me. And I hope that made sense. Maybe it changed some of your minds. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it pissed off some of you. Maybe you clicked off. You know, that's okay. Um, we do greatly appreciate those that listen to the show all the way through and all the way to the end. We see those numbers. 
and we see how many people listen to every second of the show. We greatly appreciate those. So if you really want to help out the show, uh, even though you may not like what's going on on it, yeah, listen to it all the way through. That does greatly help. So uh, with that being said, thank you very much to Tyler for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you.